Welcome to the Early Retirement Show. If you are a longtime listener, thank you. And if you are new to the show, as a reminder, this show is dedicated to helping you retire early, otherwise known as the show dedicated to helping you understand what you have to do to be in a position where you are financially free, where work is now optional. So whether you are a few years out from retirement and you just want to know everything to prepare for that big date, or you're new in your journey and you want to get a head start on maximizing what you've worked so hard for throughout your life, this is the show for you. So we discuss everything from investments to taxes to insurance and everything that comes in between. So without further ado, let's go ahead and hop into today's episode. So welcome back to the Early Retirement Show, and I'm imagining some of you are confused going, Ari, is this the Personal Finance Redefined Show, the show I've been listening to for a while? And it is. It just has a new name, the Early Retirement Show, because I'm now specializing in working with people who hope to be in a position to retire early. And so in order for me to help the most amount of people, just wanted to make that shift in the title and that marketing, that branding perspective, but it is still the same show. I will still answer all of the questions that come in. The majority of questions that do come in that are submitted to my website focus on this, which is why I wanted to retitle it. So let's hop into today's episode, which is all about the five things that you can do to best prepare for early retirement or really to be in a position to retire early. So the first thing that I look at when we're looking at retiring early and whether that makes sense is the traditional retirement age is age 65. So that's commonly what's thought of as a standard retirement age. Some people, and I would say most, they dream of retiring much earlier than that. So whether it's to pursue passions outside of your career or simply to enjoy more time for travel or family, hobbies, whatever that is, Early retirement and the ability to retire early, it requires careful consideration and careful planning. So here are five things to consider to help make that early retirement achievable. So number one, desired retirement lifestyle. So lifestyle choices, surprisingly, or not surprisingly, are going to be the biggest factor when it comes to your ability to retire early. Some people think it's how much you can save. Some people think it's tax implications. Some people think it's how much am I, do I want to leave behind? What is? It? And the answer is it's all of that, but it starts with your lifestyle and your expenses. And here's what I mean by that. To start off with a very simple example, if there were two people and the first person has $10 million, and the second person has $1 million, and they both want to live off $100,000 per year, well, let's just assume we don't invest that, which is extremely unrealistic and not wise, not something I would recommend. But for example's sake, the first person who has $10 million, they're not going to run out of money for a long, long time. Whereas the person with a million dollars who wants to spend $100,000 per year, not taking into account taxes or inflation or anything like that, they're going to run out of money in 10 years. And so it's a just super simple example, but it illustrates it comes down to living expenses and it comes down to how much you are saving over your lifetime. So in terms of desired retirement lifestyle, that early retirement, the first thing to think about is what are your goals? What do you care about most? What does travel look like? Do you have an estimate of what that might cost? What are the hobbies you enjoy? If you enjoy golfing and that costs a little bit more than call it playing basketball, 
Great, not a problem. It's just let's factor that in. Do you value your time on volunteering or part-time work? Is there any income you want to expect from part-time work? Because more often than not, people don't want to plan on it, and I think that's a good starting place. But if you're working a job you enjoy, and maybe it brings in ten to $30,000 per year, that makes a difference. And so does it make sense to include that if that's something you want to do anyways? So that is number one. Understand that detailed vision of your retirement lifestyle, and that is just going to make such a big impact. Number two, what is your strategy for accelerated savings? Meaning 65 is that traditional age that people walk through, but is that the best age and is that most applicable? Well, it's not, and here's why. It's not as if 65 is a magic number. Now, 65 is a number people like to use because it is when Medicare kicks in and a few other things that allows you to go, let me use that as a starting place. Social Security, your full retirement age, that's around 66, 67. And so depending on that, it's just a starting place people like to use, um, as well as a few other considerations that I think would be overkill for this episode. I'll go into it in a future episode. But in terms of how much you need to save, Early retirees, naturally, they have few working years to save because they want to retire earlier. So you need those savings to also last longer because you are retiring earlier. So you want your money to potentially last 40 to 50 years if you want to retire in your 50s or 60s or maybe even your 40s if you really, really want to be on top of it. But I don't want to look at it through the the lens of what's better or worse. Let's look at through it the lens of what is average life expectancy and what do you need to do to make it happen. And so for that reason, an aggressive strategy to maximize savings, that's going to help reach that early retirement date. And here are some approaches to think through. Right now, you can contribute if you work for a company to a 401k. Now, the company has to offer that, but the 401k is a good starting place. And today, so just this year, if you're contributing to your 401k, the maximum is 20,500. But if you are over age 50, you're allowed to contribute an extra 6,500. So at that point, you could contribute $27,000. You might be listening to this and saying, I wanna absolutely take advantage of those catch-up contributions because you are over that age limit, then great, let's explore that. But you can also contribute to a Roth IRA or an IRA, and it's not one or the other. Some people think, Ari, if I do a 401k, does that mean I can't do the Roth IRA? And the answer is no. With the 401k, that is completely separate. You can contribute to your 401k, which is a great account in order for the future to have sufficient funds and get to take advantage of these tax benefits. But there's also the Roth IRA, and the Roth IRA is a great account as well. The one thing I always want to mention is find out if a Roth 401k is available. So just to summarize that difference once again, 401k, the money goes in and it saves you on taxes today. It grows and grows and grows, but in the future, you do have to pay taxes on it. And at age 72, as of this year, there are things called required minimum distributions. So for example, if you wanted to live off of 100,000 per year adjusted for inflation after taxes in retirement, it's a good starting place, but 
What if your RMD, your required minimum distribution, was more than that? Well, now you're being forced to take out more than you even would like to, which is a good problem, but it is still a problem. And so that's when we look into the Roth 401k discussion. Does it make sense, based off of your tax bracket today, to contribute to a Roth 401k instead of a traditional 401k so you wouldn't be saving on taxes today, but all of the growth is tax-free forever? So that is something to think through. The number three example here is guaranteed sources of retirement income. So early retirees, you are going to have special needs to consider when you want to create that income strategy. Where is money going to come from to live in retirement? Well, the first thing to think through is going to be where is that money coming from? And that's what we're going to explore now. So if you are under age 59 and a half, you cannot tap into savings from qualified retirement accounts such as a 401k or Roth IRA without paying a 10% early withdrawal penalty as well as tax on those withdrawals. You also cannot claim Social Security until at least, so the earliest you can claim it would be age 62, not saying let's do it. I'm just saying that is the earliest time you can take it, but you can do it from age 62 all the way until age 70. And so because of that, you certainly want to run an analysis. But what you might be thinking is, Ari, if I can't take from my 401k or I can't take from my IRA or Roth IRA without penalty, where's money going to come from? And that's where that gap account comes in. So it's a taxable account. It's a brokerage account where the benefit is that you can tap into it and you don't have to really be hit with any additional taxes or penalties. The, the downside to it is that you do pay taxes when the money comes out, but we would look at that situation and say, okay, a 401k is great. A Roth IRA is great. I know, Ari, those are great for retirement accounts. They are great savings vehicles that I can invest in, but the benefit of that gap account or that taxable account or brokerage account, which is a fancy word for all of the same things, is that you can touch that money and there's no penalty. You just pay the taxes on the growth, but then that money can be taken out. So that is tends to be the best account when people are understanding where's money coming from for the first few years of retirement before I can access these other accounts. Number four, amount of debt. So you want to, of course, eliminate as much bad debt. Now, there's a difference between bad debt and good debt as possible before retirement really starts. And so people consider early retirement. You have to examine what is the level of debt that you're going to want to maintain and not just want but need to maintain. Because if there's no longer a paycheck coming in, we want to understand how much income is coming in through things like pensions or Social Security or our investments, and what do we need those to cover? Above and beyond just living expenses and travel, is there a mortgage? Is there any other debt? So just options. You want to make sure, of course, you're paying off any high interest debt. Now, some people will consider paying off a mortgage ahead of retirement, and this can be a wonderful thing. It creates so much peace of mind, and it's not as black and white as, hey, Ari, should I invest or should I pay off the mortgage? Because some people will just rather pay off the mortgage, even if the financial answer says it is better to invest. Just a very basic example. If you are paying down your mortgage and it's at 3% and the market historically is growing at 10%, well, the financial answer is very easy. Let's just invest it and don't pay off the mortgage early. But what if momentum 
was considered. Something that often isn't considered, that is so important in my opinion, is sometimes the momentum to pay off that mortgage and it makes you inspired to go to work and you see the account go down, it really is so inspiring that it can be even more powerful than external returns. So although traditional financial logic says consider paying off that mortgage, I'd agree with that. I'd say consider it, but don't feel that you need to pay it off or don't feel you need to invest it. It's not a right or wrong. It comes down to what is your preference, what's keeping you motivated, and what would make you feel better going into retirement. So the last one, number five, medical costs. So healthcare planning slightly different with an earlier retirement dates. Now, many early retirees, they are no longer covered by employer-sponsored health insurance plans, but you might also be too young to qualify for Medicare. There are ways to bridge that gaps. And for those with employee-sponsored health insurance, COBRA benefits allow employees to keep their health insurance for the first 18 months after leaving a job. Now, Big disclaimer, COBRA can be expensive. As employees, you have to pay for all of the monthly premiums, and oftentimes there's a 2% administration fee. So don't feel like you had to understand all of that or that it even sounded like English, but just know health insurance and extra costs are going to be things we want to consider before that official retirement age, that official retirement date. So these are the five things to summarize all of that. Number one, desired retirement lifestyle. Number two, what is your strategy for accelerated savings? Number three, what income sources are in retirement? Number four, what amount of debt are we taking into retirement? And number five, planning for medical costs. So that is everything in today's episode. And once again, as a reminder, this is the early retirement show, helping you retire early, understanding what you need to do to be in a position to retire early, and whether you are a few years out from retirement, whether you are new on your journey, all of these episodes are applicable to you. You are in the right place. Now, if this was helpful at all or you have any specific questions, you can always reach out to me. As a reminder, my website is still staying the same, personalfinanceredefined.co. You can submit your question, you can reach out to me, and I'd be more than happy to help. I'll see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening. If that was helpful, please do subscribe, leave five stars, rate it, review it, all that good stuff, and let me know how I can best help. I love answering questions, whether it's about taxes, investments, whatever is on your mind. I love seeing how I can best help you. So as always, you can submit a question on my website, personalfinanceredefined.co. That's personalfinanceredefined.co. And I'll see y'all next week. Hey everyone, quick disclaimer here. Please be smart about this, and before taking any action, consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It's for informational purposes only.